Get ready to be dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Dazed and Infused. I am super privileged to have Big Mike Strummy at us here today. Big Mike, welcome to the show. Latham, thanks for having me on. Thank you, man. It's the second time I've been on the show. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's fantastic that you're here. And um, I've listened to a lot of your podcasts that you've done with other people. I've, I've done a lot of research on you. Um, you're a really dynamic person. I don't want to pump you up here too much, but um, your whole story is cool. From your early days in Portland, Oregon, Canada, getting booted out at the border by some CMP oh, you assholes. You really do. You have done your homework. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I do my homework, man. I, I like to know who I'm talking to. Oh. Um, but it's a, it's a totally cool story that is... Uh, spans the trajectory of the cannabis field. So thanks for being here. I appreciate it. We're going to start off this podcast with the same question I ask every one of my guests. Um, what's your historical relationship to cannabis? A historical relationship? Well, I had an older brother who came back from uh, the war. Uh, he was stationed in uh, Okinawa, Japan, and he liked to smoke cannabis. And he gave my dad three joints, and my dad put them in the drawer, never touched them. I thought, oh, by the way, I was 12 years old when I found him. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what this is all about. I know what this is. I've seen people smoke it. I smell it. I wonder what uh, the effects were. So I, 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 I fired that baby up, uh, took some uh, three or four or five hits, didn't really know what I was doing. I felt really good, put a smile on my face, got on the school bus and went to school. And that was the first time uh, I ever consumed mm -hmm. cannabis. And that's where it all kind of started. It, uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Right on. Well, a very familiar story. I know that one. And uh, my dad was in Okinawa in the Air Force. So that's a really cool connection there. Um, reading a lot about you. One of the things that stood out for me, um, a comment you make in a couple of your podcasts and uh, in writing human nature mm -hmm. and your comments about human nature and how you view that is one of the most important aspects of what you're doing and, and how you um, have you had your trajectory in business and okay. how important it is for other people to right. recognize human nature. Yeah. It's, it's the biggest asset anyone can have not only in life, but uh, also in business is understanding people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's, it's a, I, I run a company too. I'm a CEO of a company called Shuggies and Sense Distribution. And I totally understand that. And it's really hard. Um, it's the biggest lesson you learn in life, I think, is how to trust your nature and your feelings and then recognize who you're dealing with. You hit it right on the head. Uh, how to believe in yourself and be able to make decisions independent of the people, other people's influence. Right. And that is a constant battle every day in the cannabis field. Um, there, there's so much that's happened, right? In legalization from you've been there since, um, I think I'm earliest reference to you. I see really online is like 2004, I think. And then yeah, coming up to 12. Yeah. We started, uh, the best started in 1999. Uh, okay. I started growing when I was 23 years old. So that's, uh, you know, 
uh, 37 years right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're in California. I'm in California. I spend half my time up here in Northern California, Marin County, and then half my time in West Hollywood, just because that's where the market is really frankly. Um, so I'm down in a lot of dispensaries. I want to ask you something um, about anecdotal evidence that I'm seeing everywhere. And I'm not going to make any claims here because it would be dangerous to, I I'm in dispensaries every week, hundreds this year and COVID this whole thing. I'm, seeing an amazing thing. And that is, I'm not hearing about a lot of infections. I'm not hearing about um, super spreader events at dispensaries. I'm not seeing this in the cannabis world. What's your take on this? Well, we, we know that uh, it inhibits the ACE2 uh, protein. And that there's something that our body happens when you, when you get COVID, it attacks it, the immune system attacks, attacks you. It's called a cytokine storm. And mm -hmm. cannabis has been proven to suppress the cytokine storm. And so it doesn't have a chance to really uh, attack your body like it does with people and put them on the ventilators and put them into ICU. Right. I had COVID uh, and it felt like uh, I had a runny nose for two days, that was it. Okay. It. Yeah. So yeah, back in, I think it was March, late March, I lost my sense of taste and smell, had a fever for two days and then boom, nothing, yeah. you know. And that was because I got it from a buddy of mine who works overseas and he came back. <laughs> we, we met up. <laughs> it's pretty hard to escape the, this virus because there's something called an R-naught. And that's, the R-naught is N-A-U-G-H-T, is, is how fast a virus will spread. And the Spanish flu had an R-naught of five, which is the highest. Uh, the coronavirus had an R-naught of th between three and five. And when it went eight, asymptomatic and spread like wildfire you know that was at a five a and, full five uh, yeah, yeah 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 i've i've heard the r not um, run it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that high it's tough to outrun it so let's talk about um just what everyone's thinking in my position your position mm -hmm. uh you have uh big mike's blends and obviously advanced nutrients which is a really cool brand in yeah. the the supply side um where's the industry going because this year has really weeded out a lot of people and it's really okay. focused a lot of stuff. Let's what's your take? Okay, so back to human nature, understand the marketplace and understand the culture. So a lot of people have misjudged how fast Main Street America is, is accepting a, a, a cannabis. Yeah. And they, they don't understand the marketplace. The market is a lot different. The money right now in the market is the people who were using it before, they're the influencers, they're the tastemakers, they're the ones who are guiding all the new products, the new technologies, the new forms of concentrate we see all the time, the new yeah, type, yeah. types of infused pre-rolls that we're seeing. That's that's our culture, that's our community that's driving this whole thing. And the money guys who are coming in are not understanding, accepting it, and, and rather just do their own thing and they're churning and burning through money. That's that's number one. And I gave a speech at ARCU many years, about four years ago uh, uh, about that. And uh, also we're in shifting sand. This whole industry, the laws are continually changing from country to country, from state to yeah. state. And, and there's just churn going on and people, it's just, because of the uncertainty of the different governments and not understanding, having a clear path, it's just causing people to churn through a lot of their money and, and go out of this business because it is not a stable environment. No, it certainly is not. I've noticed that myself, especially my investors have been very good with me 
about keeping me directionalized and really keeping me focused. And it's, I, I praise them for giving me that guidance because they both sure. successful guys. It's a fantastic. What are well, um, like cookies, cookies gets it. They're, they're yeah. they, they, they understand it. Uh, Dr. Green thumb, he understands the marketplace. I mean, people want to look at two great brands. Those are two great brands. Yeah. Great brands along with, um, Great grower up north, a friend of mine, Alex, um, Honeydew Farms. He understands it. He's old school. He's been doing it a long time, and he really has directionalized his efforts, and it's really important to do that. So if you're out there listening to this, keep focused <laughs> for sure. Um, for the last, since legalization in California, right? You've been here since then. I've been here since then. What What's the biggest takeaway for you from day one of legalization in California to now? If that's it's a nebulous question, I understand, but is there anything that really stands out for you in the the time frame? Yeah, it's 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 how fast the world is changing towards yeah. a positive attitude towards cannabis. Uh, it is going at warp speed because of COVID right now. People are really looking for a, a medical alternative, and cannabis offers that. Uh, people right now are under, there's a lot of stress, depression, anxiety going on. Oh, yeah. And we know that cannabis relieves that if, if you're the proper strain. I mean, some people smoke sativas and it makes them a little, <laughs> little jittery, but yep, there's always yep. indicas and, and people, there's always a strain that will be just right for you. Yeah. No. I also think there's a little bit of the um, people being at home with their spouses and children a lot and figuring out quickly. Alcohol is not a really good mix for close proximity to people you love. Uh, it can be troublesome. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. I remember speaking to uh, police officers when it was the dark ages, we would uh, talk about uh, cannabis and they would say, when we go to people's homes and they've been smoking cannabis, we never have any problems. They go, all the, uh, the craziness happens with the alcohol. It's so unpredictable and, and the people are fighting and, and people on cannabis are just chill and, and relaxed. Right. Well, you, know? you don't see a lot of people smoking out and going, let's go rob a store. That sounds yeah. great. <laughs> and then they forget by the time they get to the door. Um, in the, in a more global sense too, um, I've been saying to like the people in my organization who work with me, um, they're going, oh, well, national legalization is coming. This is great. And I have to say to them and remind them, it's like, I don't think we're ready. Look at California. I don't think we're ready here yet. So how are we going to take this to national stage and put the feds in charge of this? This doesn't sound like a good plan. What's your take on that? Well, we know the MORE Act, they proposed a 5% federal tax, I believe in 2022, 2023, the economy is going to be so bad, it's going to be the worst that I've ever seen in my lifetime, unfortunately, that they're going to have to tax, they're going to look for revenue sources, they're going to tax it, it's going to be legal, and it's going to be a, a bit of a cluster at first, as every state kind of goes through their, their undulations, every country goes through their undulations, but they'll, they'll get it, they'll get it figured out, there'll be interstate commerce, uh, and there'll be uh, global commerce will, will open up, and again, a lot of the investments that people are, uh, have made are they're going to kind of fall by the wayside. Right now in South Africa, I spoke to a friend. They got 240,000 acres. They're getting ready to do. I'll repeat myself: 240,000 acres. I got another mm -hmm. guy I just spoke to in South Africa that's doing you know, like 15 or 20,000 acres. And what you're going to see is a lot of these third world countries are going to have huge cannabis plantations. And they're going to be growing different strains and, and doing you know different kinds of extractions on that to take certain kinds of you know 
it'll say cannabinoids or terpenoids or flavonoids or sterols out of there and, and recombine them and make these, these great products. And they're going to go out all over the world. And a yep. lot of these people who've invested here, you know, there's always going to be a craft like, like there is for beer, you know, craft breweries and all that. There's always going to be that high end product that, uh, you know, right. that really looks great, but you're going to see a lot of product being pumped out to the masses. Again, that what we would probably consider is very mediocre. In fact, a lot of the big corporations out there have mediocre product. They, I don't know if you're aware, but they irradiate their, their cannabis. It's basically like putting it through a, up in Canada, I'm not joking. A lot bad, of people to get thing. rid of mold they and bugs, they irradiate the weed. And so you got little bug parts in your, your, your cannabis wow. and all that. And that's, they allow them to do that. I don't personally want to smoke a product that's been irradiated. Just don't. No, no. 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 One of the big things that you coming from the, the, um, the nutrient, and growing side of it is um, I have noticed recently, and this is a good thing. Back in the day, um, I went to University of Oregon, right? And um, they were all about uh, yield, right? Yield back then. And this is a long, I don't even want to say how long ago. It was a long time ago. Well, I'm like, 37 years, my friend, I've been doing this, so it's okay. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, 31 years ago. Or, oh, know, okay. And, yeah. So, um, you know, I used to get terrible headaches from wheat. And I, I attribute this basically to the additives they're putting in the soil. I, it's really gone by the wayside in the last couple of years as testing has gotten better and uh, ingredients like yours going into them are pure and they are not giving you bad things. Um, is that your take too? Yeah, absolutely. The, the one thing about black market, now there's some really great black market growers that are doing it the right, right way, but a lot of the black market uses a lot of pesticides uh, fungicides yeah. and uh, you know there's one that they used uh, for powdery mildew uh, you know, Michael Michael butanol and uh, it converts to hydrogen cyanide when when heated with a flame uh, yeah. on a plant that you're going to eat it's fairly safe but as soon as you combust it it, it turns to hydrogen cyanide and that's uh, that's what they use in the death chambers Wow. Well, that's exciting news for me to hear. Well, that's probably one years headache. later. Oh, no, no, we did. And so <laughs> the high, the, the quality of the product in a dispensary has been tested and you, and you know, it's a yeah. safe product. No, I, I love the fact that they're testing the shit out of stuff yeah. now, you know, yeah. um, getting further down the, the technical side of things. Um, there's certain things that are coming out right now that I'm recognizing and I'm having my team look at just in terms of like their efficacy. And I've tried a lot of these. Um, number one is THCV, mm -hmm. uh, THCN and CBD variants and isolates. And um, I am pretty crazily impressed by the THCV thing with um, sativa strain and having high energy. I doubted it before I tried it. And it doesn't get you high really, but it gets you amped. Yeah, THCV has about a 10% of the psychoactivity that the THC does. Yeah, yeah it's real paint your house weed though, I'll tell you. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. I like Get out of bed and do it. And then what's your take on N? Because N is this current kind of thing, you know, about sleep and really ingesting yeah. that. Well, yeah, C CBN works. In fact, I keep it by a little jar by my bedside with an eyedropper and I, I take a, 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 a little half a vial, a half a dropper full before I go to bed. That's it me every absolutely night. works. Yeah, it does. It works really well. <laughs> um, okay. And then another technical question. Yeah. Isolate, distillate. Yeah. And water soluble. Where where do you think we're going in this field? Okay, so so 
that's going to be the the, the future uh, isolates uh, distillates they'll take distillate as a base and, and do a, you know have a full spectrum distillate and then they're going to take uh, isolates and what they're going to do is they're going to start building different i'm already doing it now with the next product line that's coming out it's called a recombinant mm -hmm. product in the future we'll be taking uh, isolating certain types of cannabinoids and and terpenoids and flavonoids and then recombining them to to exactly you know the way very precisely because also when you start thinking about protecting your ip and counterfeiting once you do a recombinant product it has a, a unique chemical signature to it that uh, you can very quickly tell whether somebody was uh, messing with it or not but you know, that's but, a good i didn't ever thought about that that's true yeah and then also uh well you you mentioned one other thing you uh you said uh, isolate uh, distillate and water soluble water, thank you water soluble so right now there's a lot of people who are a lot of beverages are, are coming out but they're using lipids to uh to, to put it into suspension with and the problem with lipids is that they found it coats the inside of your your arteries and so uh, there's not really a true water soluble there is a way of doing it. it's called glycosylated uh cannabinoids and they have found those and those are true water solubles the only problem is they're very very like small amounts in, in, in the plant. But that will be the future uh, eventually for, the, uh, I believe, for the water cycles will be glycosylated cannabinoids. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Well, there's the technical part of this. Yeah, interview. Of what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Talk about the, the future of cannabis, cannabis beverages. Yeah. So uh, my product, just so to bring you up to speed, we, we've consistently, and I invented my product line, um, okay. we're low dosage. And I always have been, and I've resisted everybody squeezing my ass to go to 10 and 20 milligrams. I'm five milligrams per packet. My sugar product is agave and uh, sugar and stevia now. And I keep it at five milligrams. And that's because I want my product to be adopted by the masses. Where, where's, where's your thinking on the low dosage um, approach? Because I really want more people using cannabis. I believe that it's the, it's, it's, there's a couple markets. So, the record market, they'll call it the adult use market. They want to they want to get something that just couch locks them. They want to get as high as they possibly can. Uh, I, I get that. Um, yeah. The low dosage is great for someone. The last thing you want to do is is a person who's never used cannabis, like give them a dab rig or give them a bunch of edibles and kind of laugh at them. You've lost nope. a, you've lost a, a, a client for life. They're, they're yeah. never going to want to want to do that. And low dosage is the perfect way for the, like the masses to introduce them to cannabis. Right. They're not going to get overly high. Nothing's going to happen to them. That's going to be like really bad and they're going to have a great effect. And so uh, basically it's the best way to get the masses educated. Uh, yeah, and you're you're right. A low dosage is that, and then from there they can decide, you know, which direction to stay low dosage or, or try something with a little more, you know, punch to it. I got it. Okay, so on the flip side of the low dosage thing, what I'm seeing in my many, many, many visits to dispensaries all across the state is there seems to be a real obsession with buyers and some bud tenders, not all of them, um, about super high potency weed, especially for buying smoke, right? Um, I just don't get, get that. And I don't get the fact that they don't recognize if something's 21 uh, base THC and then it goes up to 28 because of all the cannabinoids in there. Uh, they don't recognize that entourage effect. They're like, oh, this is only 21. But it's like, it's not, it's 28. Yeah. Well, not only that, the, 
if you're just looking at the THC number, you're selling yourself short because right. there's other ways and other products that are going to actually, you're going to feel a bigger effect than that number is indicating because there's different kinds of cannabinoids that are working together and terpenoids that, that I can couch lock you with, I don't know, probably 15% THC. I think you're right. I think you're right about that. Because yeah, there's, there's ways there's a couple other cannabinoids I can add to that that I'm aware of that, that would, 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 would couch lock you. But, but some of my sales people, when they're out there, the, the buyers are constantly saying, oh, well, I need 31%, 32%. It's like people buy the numbers. I mean, if you look I know. at these infused pre-rolls where they got, they've got like, uh, they've got rosin in there. They got THCA in there. They've got a high potency flower mixed in there. I mean, what, let's talk about a product, Chillums. I smoked a Chillum the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. It was for the, the SoCal cup that's uh, coming up here. And it was 52% THC. Now, that was a great product because they weren't just, wasn't just an isolate and they were just trying to blast up the, the THC. They had a flower base in there. So you mm-hmm. have a wide spectrum and then they had different kinds of rosin and, and hash in there. And it was, it was a really, really great product. Uh, but but uh, the future will be the type of high that you're looking for. And the, I call it an outcome versus just looking at a number and going, that's, you know, the product I want, it's like, does everybody drink like a white lightning, you know, because the highest, uh, no, they don't. Exactly. They want ever clear every day. Ever clear. There you go. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, so you did mention something, um, maybe not to, right now, but I did hear you on another interview. Um, it's about like, I had a project coming up before COVID hit with some really good people that are in the industry and it's project terroir. That's what I call it. And um, it's about the Appalachian movement. And I really love the fact that, you know, Mendo and the Emerald Triangle, they're getting it together and that they're starting to put an appellation on their weed. And I think this is the most important thing going forward for us as an industry is to identify the growing regions and have them internationally recognized. Yeah, it it is because it's an indication of where the best growers are and that have been. And that's really what, what those Appalachians are. They're, you're looking at, these are clusters of really great growers who know their craft extremely well, and you're going to get a great product. And it's, yeah. it's absolutely, oh, I mean, Our Champagne from France, right? Champagne, France. They, they, right. they, they did that. Huh? Same thing. Well, yeah, there's that old, uh, the wine story, the bottle shock, you know, that documentary out there, it's worth watching, but it's about Appalachian. It's about a lot of different issues, but um, in terms of like the artisan growers in Mendo, um, Lake Northern Lake County, Sonoma County, Napa, you know, um, Humboldt, of course, Eureka, all, all these different areas. Um, they're so important, especially in my world being Nor- NorCal and you lived in Portland. So that Emerald Triangle certainly goes north, northward for sure. Um, but I'm hoping that that continues and that uh, is something that's going to be really founded. I think, I think the fact that it says Humboldt and it comes from an experience growing Humboldt, it's, it's going to sell, especially oh, yeah. for people who know, uh, the, you know, the current marketplace, they understand that. Yeah. Aunt, so, Aunt Martha in Nebraska probably doesn't, but you know, the, the people she might, if she smoke something, <laughs> she might, you never know these days. <laughs> so, uh, kind of last business question, um, Canadian stocks. And the money in the U.S. and how it's all kind of changed so much since some of these things I've read that you've written and interviews you've done 
since that time, things have certainly changed in the market with the the complete takeover of um, Canopy, um, with a lot of their executive team booted and Constellation people coming in. Um, a lot of different stuff has happened. So where where are we in this? Yeah, I believe there'll be probably transition two or three. They're gonna. What's gonna end up happening is what, what we just saw with Efri and, and Tilray. They uh, they merged, and yeah. so you're gonna see those companies up there gobble each other up. And there's gonna be two or three big ones uh, who will be left standing, and they will go global. They have a lot of money behind them, and they you know yeah. they have they have a learning curve. I don't know what these these guys just don't get. They're the ones who radiate weed and and do all kinds of crazy stuff they're looking at, at how to mass produce cannabis instead of trying to make the best product and maybe you know the people who are getting who are just now they don't have a reference point but they soon will and they're going to understand that there's better products out there i always wondered when um, the canadians got into it heavily and they started going public with a lot of stuff and i i would say to my friends they're like oh, i'm going to invest in this i'm going to invest in this i'm like you got to remember dude there's only 20 million people in canada okay you can only smoke so much weed well, they they produce sixteen billion dollars. They were producing sixteen billion dollars worth of weed for a marketplace that's one billion. They were storing it. I, I hear these stories, and yeah, just freezers full of this. Uh, they've they've overproduced because they I don't know maybe they thought the market was going to open up faster than what it was, but they it was a massive miscalculation. I mean, it's one thing to go up there and get a, a toehold and get your you know your foot and get established, but then they're they're going big time and they got no exactly what you said. They have no market to sell on. Also heard about, well, the market's not big enough. Right? Well, I also heard about the big burn that either Canopy did or whatever. It was millions and millions and millions of dollars of weed that just took out to a field and burned it. You know, just to I, get never, I never heard that story. Really? That's oh, yeah? No, it's it's out there. You can find it. Maybe they're trying to shelve it. But I, oh. right when it happened, I heard, like, did you hear kind of those kind of things, you know? Oh. So, you, got, you know, you got to burn up your supply. Well, um, we're kind of at that point in this interview. I know it's been quick and furious. I want to hear a stony story from you if you got one for us, Mike. Yeah, you know that's a tough one. There's, there's one. You know, here, I'll tell you what I, what I do. Like when I'm done, when I'm done with this show here, I'm gonna go medicate. I'm gonna hit my dab rig, and every evening after work, before I go to bed, yeah. I hit the dab rig. Okay, I take a couple of edibles first. I'll take about twenty milligrams. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll hit, hit the dab rig, uh, some good concentrate, and I'll smoke a little bit of flour to kind of give it some direction and uh, then I go to take some CBN and go to bed. Oh, oh, before I hang on, before I do that, I self-reflect on the day and, my, and myself and, and try to figure some things out about not only my own, my own personal, uh, my interpersonal relationships with, with people, but also business ideas. And yeah, I have yeah. little sticky notes and I write them all down. And uh, I have, I've made hundreds of millions of dollars with my ideas that have uh, when I was medicated. So that's my, my story. I, I use that's a it. good stony story. I like it. And I want to just load on to that and say, I was very happy to read your 19 guidelines for success. And I, I thought they were fantastic and everyone rang true to me. And I also want to shout out um, your charitable outreach um, and your organization. And it's that time of year. So it is. They humanity, humanity heroes. heroes. Humanity heroes. Yes, and, and tomorrow, as a matter of fact, is we're, we're going to go hand out more backpacks. We have a lot of organizations that we worked with uh, this year, uh, Covenant House, uh, City of Los Angeles, uh, Midnight Mission, uh, 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 Homeless Healthcare of Los Angeles. They all helped us 
uh, uh, put those the, the the backpacks out. So what are they? So we go out, we give backpacks to the homeless, or as they're now uh, unsheltered because they mm -hmm. say unsheltered because there's so many people that don't have homes that are homeless oh, living yeah. out of their cars and, and and stuff that's happening. Last year, the homeless uh, population was uh, 60,000. The unsheltered population right now is 130,000. They stopped counting. They won't give us the numbers anymore. Yeah. And so the well, backpacks, we have 5,000 backpacks. It's, you know, when we first started doing this six years ago, we could hand out enough backpacks to, to cover pretty much everyone in, in, in LA. And now it's, it's just a, a drop in the bucket. But these backpacks contain uh, socks, uh, blankets, uh, gloves, uh, beanie caps, uh, paper and pencil, razor blades uh, they can shave with, uh, soap, shampoo, uh, mouthwash, all the things to make their life somewhat easier uh, uh, when they're out there on the street. And uh, Right on. Yeah. Well, God bless you, man. That's, that's, that's super cool. So thank you for... Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I saw your efforts in Bulgaria and I saw what the, your change has been doing, um, especially I think there's a Bulgarian thing about re reforming. And I hope yep. that's still going on. And hopefully you're still welcome back in Bulgaria at this point. Well, not so much welcome so much, but it's still going on. <laughs> okay, well, keep doing your thing, man. Yes. Well, um, Mike, it's been a real pleasure. And thank you so much. And if I'm in LA, I'm, I'm going to try to give you a call. Uh, I'd just love Ladies, to pick your brain. You're always welcome in my home. And I want to hit that dab, go to the dab bar, and we will definitely burn one or hit the You don't have to ask me twice, room. Mike. All right, I'm, I'm All right man. All right, well, ladies. Happy holidays. God bless you. And thank you so much for being here today. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And that's it today. This show was brought to you by Shuggies, S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S, Shuggies.com. Look for our delicious, sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. That's sugar, agave, and now stevia for you people who can't take sugar in your diet. Look for Shuggies at a dispensary near you. Mike, thanks again. We'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.